Good day, everyone. I am Matt Harrison, and you are listening to the Giri Cast on Sport Direct Radio, the Malaga fan podcast for all the Giris out there. It has been a very busy week for Malaga on the pitch this week, having played two games in the space of four days. First, we had a 1-1 draw with Zaragoza at La Rosaleda on Saturday night before we travelled up to Zaragoza's neighbours, Huesca, on Tuesday night to play out another draw, this time a 0-0. Both points will be considered quite disappointing, though, but disappointing for very different reasons, I feel. We'll look back over those two games and we'll also be looking ahead to our game v Lugo this coming Saturday with Lugo fan Carlos. Hopefully we can recover from these two disappointments this week. And speaking of two disappointments, let me introduce my two co-hosts. Of course I'm joking, guys. You are not disappointment. You never let me down. Chris Marquez, how are you? I'm doing very well, Matt. Thank you. Nice introduction this week. <laughs> Thank you. See you next week. This was Giri Cost. And don't forget to subscribe. No, I'm joking. <laughs> and Alex, how are you doing over in Montreal? I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm uh, just about to break up for my so-called half term this Friday, so I'm very excited about that. Excellent. I've I've got another week till mine. I've got um, yeah, another week, and then I, I'm I'm going to Madrid for the first time to start my half term. And um, I don't. I think I told you two guys I'm going to watch Atletico Madrid. I, I don't know if I can say yes. that in a Malaga podcast. I don't know, but I'm doing a bit of ground hopping. Um, and but I'm, not only Madrid, right? you're going to see another match as well. I'm going to try and watch Raya Vallecano as yes. well, but I haven't tickets for that. Are, I'm going to have to sort out at the time. I've got some. Can't you, you talk with Robbie Dunn? Um, I've got someone else who's trying to sort me a ticket sure. at the moment. But yes, I, I could. I didn't think to ask him. Yeah, if you're listening, Robbie, sort us out. Um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. But it does mean the Atletico Madrid game, which is against Betis, boo. Um, is on the same time as Malaga are away at Oviedo. So I'm going to miss the Malaga game that Sunday. So you guys are going to be leaned on for the podcast that week. Um, but, you know, let, let's get back to all things Malaga. And, well, actually, let's get, start with all things Giricast. Uh Chris, I, I'm talking about my trip to Madrid, but you you had a, an exciting adventure last week. Do you, do you want me, do you want to tell us about it? Uh, definitely. I was in London for the Football Content Awards, where we were nominated in the Best Club Content Creator International category. Okay. And it was wild. It was my first time in London, oh, and yeah. I love London. Yeah, it, but I find it. I find it quite expensive. Yeah, it was fun. It made me laugh when you were just sending us photos of things like you got excited by a Tesco Express. I loved it. I, I missed Tesco already. The meal deals are awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's I love Tesco, really. It's the best I, supermarket in town. And going, probably in the country. And going back to the actual awards then, we, we didn't win, oh. but it's it's the taking part that counts. That's our philosophy. But but you met quite a lot of people there. Who did you hang out with there? I hang out with uh, Don Robbie. Yeah, I saw that. And with the guys, and with the guys of uh, the actual winners of the awards, who uh, defeated us. But we can be proud because they didn't only defeat us; they also defeated Sid Lowe with his podcast. So, okay, that because was... they also won the international podcast award. Yeah, and that, those were the was a Celtic state of mind folk, wasn't it? Yes. Um, were they the one good? was very drunk, mm-hmm. and he kept buying me beer and wine, and I don't know what he kept buying. So if you're listening, thank you for the cheap night out. Um, and he he told me to come on the pod, on the on their show. Oh, that's cool. And the other one, his name is Paul, and he was kind of a douche. Didn't really like him. Oh, he was, okay. I don't know. If he was sitting there like he was, well, he won two awards, but he was sitting there like king of. King of uh, of the world, and um, his wife is lovely, though. She <laughs> oh. spent the whole night sit- talking to my wife, um, but he was kind of a dick. Okay, well, um, tell you who aren't dicks the people that voted for us. So thank you, everyone that did vote Definitely. for us and and did stuff like that. 
Um, and again, someone else who is not a dick is Roberto. We like Roberto. And he played 45 minutes on Saturday and similar to Kevin a couple of weeks before. That triggered a contract renewal and he signed a new contract till 2024. Alex, that is all good, yes? Definitely. I think it's good to tie down these youngsters, the club for the future. And, you know, although... You know, he, he, he's definitely not going to be the next Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo. He's he's definitely shown signs of being a quality player. And, you know, he's already grabbed the goal against Ivita. So, you know, all, all good things to come. So definitely happy that we've tied him down for another three years. Chris, do you have, do you have anything else to add on Roberto? Are you enjoying Roberto? A great player for the future. Don't see him as the striker yet for Malaga. Because he definitely will be in the future. But it's good that he gets minutes while Chavarria and Sekou are not match fit yet. Speaking of, it's a good time to mention Chavarria, actually. I was, I was listening to, um, or I was reading Jose Alberto's comments about um, like other members of the squad and saying like some that want to get in the first 11. And he was saying how persistent Chavarria is and he really wants to get on the pitch now do, do we expect to see him in one of the games soon because we've got quite a lot of you know we've had two games this week um, and in two weeks time we have sort of three games in the space of a week or eight days do either of you expect to see him anytime soon I was reading today and I'm checking it out right now um, that according to uh, Memoria Compromiso y Fe, but they shared it from somebody else. Um, so I'm checking it out here. Um, according to Radio Marca Malaga, um, he could, the doctor of Malaga, Vicente de la Varga, has said that um, he could play next week Ooh. against Lugo. Um Alex, do, do you think we're desperate to get him back or do you uh, well, where, where does he stand in the team now, do you think, or in the squad? I mean, I obviously don't want to, the referee, sorry, the manager will know, you know, when's best for him to come back. The physio team will know. We obviously don't want to rush him back. If he's not ready, there's no point in rushing him back too soon because we don't want to, you know, cause any more, you know, injuries or anything like that. So all in good time, I think. Yeah, it'd be great to, you know, even if I, I, I think I'd like to see him come back for that midweek game in two weeks' time against Real Sociedad B, uh, maybe have a run out at La Rosaleda, maybe the last 10, 15 minutes or so. Just to, again, I think if you're coming back from injury, a bit like I said with Ramon, um, I think he needs a big boost. Well, I don't know. I don't know the guy personally, but I can imagine he would enjoy a big boost from that La Rosaleda crowd cheering him on. And obviously... He's the sort of player I think Malaga fans really love and he has not had the opportunity to play in front of them yet. So hopefully he is back soon. Um, going away from experienced strikers, let's go to our youthful team. Atletico Malagueno beat Marbella 2-1 on the weekend, which I thought was great because obviously Marbella have dipped down the leagues. They had that double relegation and they're a team that's very ambitious or a club that's very ambitious, and David Larubia got a goal, and Julio got a goal as well. Um, but I thought it was great that Atletico Malagueno are beating teams like Marbella now. Um, Alex, I don't know, have you seen anything of this? I know sometimes you like to go and see how Issa Fomba's doing. I haven't, I haven't actually. I've been fairly busy this last week or so, but I'm, you know, I, I think... You know, this season's definitely been the season for young players, as we know. Jose Alberto is is quite keen on bringing the young players in. So, you know, if it, if it means that Issa Fumbo gets a run in the first team, I'll be very happy. There you go. And then um, away from our youthful team, Chris, our women's team are still having a phenomenal start to the season. Do, do you want to share what's going on with our women's team? Well, what I wanted to say in in, in uh, about the Atletico Malagueño game. It's that it's the first, um, if I'm right, it's the second or first win of the season. It's the first win for Atletico Malagueño. So, very important win. And a match where uh, 
a lot happened because both teams received a red card. Yeah, they did, yeah. Um, and actually, for those that listen to uh, this week's Vamos a la Rosaleda, you would have heard Huddersfield and all-round La Liga fan Richard on there. He actually came to Marbella to go watch that game. And I said, oh, cool, you can let us know um, you know, who stood out from uh, Atletico Malagueno. And he went to Marbella Stadium and I'd forgotten about it, actually, but Marbella aren't playing in Marbella Stadium at the moment. They closed it down for... Um, there's, there's like a safety issue. I, I think it was something to do with one of the old terraces. Um, so they played in Marbella Football Centre over in San Pedro. So he didn't go to the game in the end. He came to the pub and watched the South Wales derby with me, um, which was a very good game to watch. Swansea won 3-0, for those that don't know, against our rivals, Cardiff. So I was very happy Sunday. After- Sorry, Pete. Sorry. Sorry, Pete. Yeah, well, but also not sorry. Uh, anyway, Chris, let's get back <laughs> to women's football. You tell us about uh, Malaga Femenino. Well, I'm not going to tell you. Rocio is going to tell you because she is our Atletico Malagueño girl. Okay, take it away, Rocio. Hello, partners. Malaga Femenino won again this weekend in the league. Ayala's team faced Extremadura away from home. A team that is a quite complicated. Málaga will start the game dominating, but Extremadura will defend very well and will not concede chances. Ayala's team went to rest for the first time without being able to score a goal. In the second half, the coach made several changes and the team played much better. The first goal will be scored by Maria Cortés in the 53rd minute after finishing off a free kick. Ayala will rest several players and they will not let Extremadura touch the ball. In the last minutes, the scorer Sonia Toralbo will appear as always, who will score the second and last goal for Málaga. This week, the team will rest and will not have a league game. The next, the next will be on October 31 at home against San Miguel. And this is all, mates. Thank you. Excellent Thank you, stuff, yeah. Brilliant. Um, I'm just wondering, actually, um, when she um, said that they're at home next, if it was on a weekend and I stayed in Malaga, I'd probably go watch them. Where, where, where do they play? I know they are going to play at La Rosaleda soon, but where do they, they usually play? They play a bit around the city. Okay. Uh, but you definitely should, they, you should, because a lot of people go and watch Malaga Femenino. They have their own, uh, their own peña. Mm-hmm. Um, which are doing great. I will send you the link later of the Peña. Okay. It's there's a great atmosphere, and I think the girls are doing excellent as they are first in the table at the moment. So a really great season for Malaga Femenino. Ayala's girls, or how do you say Ayala's women players? Yeah, d- d- you could probably say girls. Actually, I don't. Uh, yeah, ladies. I don't. Yeah, ladies. it changes. Um, Yes, yeah, so they usually. I, I don't. They try not to use ladies now. I don't think actually, because no. I'm sure that's why it's called the women's Premier League in Britain. Um, I can't. Ayala's players. Anyway, yes, they, they're all footballers. There's uh, yeah. So that's that's on my list for this season. I'm going to try and go watch a game of theirs. Um, I, I would have gone to watch Atletico Malagueno on Sunday if it wasn't for the South Wales derby being on, which Swansea won three 0 If I didn't mention that already. Um, and not only you, everybody should watch a game of Malaga Femenino. Yeah, definitely. Um, because they are the f- they are the first team of Malaga as well. Yeah, and it'll be, I can imagine, the sort of grounds they play at or the sort of grounds I quite like going to where you can watch the game of football. It's probably a bar pitch side. You can sit at the bar, watch the game. Um, it'll be sunny. It just sounds like a nice thing to do. And obviously they wear the shirts of Malaga and that is... It's important to us. Um, they are part of the club. So they are yeah. part of the club, Chris, exactly. But we are going to focus on the other part of the club now as we head over to the next part where we're going to talk about those two draws against Zaragoza and Huesca. So we've got two games to talk about this week, two draws to mull over. I think both very different sort of games, but you know we'll we'll deal with this chronologically. 
Um, hopefully we can remember some of the game from Saturday night, which was the 1-1 at La Rosaleda against Zaragoza. Hopefully I can remember because I did have quite a lot of beers Saturday and into the early hours of Sunday. Um, but I think I can piece it all together still. So uh, Zaragoza, let's... Um, oh, just one thing I want to mention first um, before we do the usual things about the game. The pre-match atmosphere around La Rosaleda now, it's getting more wild each game week now and it, it's just brilliant at the moment I know we've talked on this podcast loads of times about what's our favorite thing about Malaga and we've sort of do talk about just going around La Rosaleda it's really good fun at the moment and uh, for those that didn't listen to Vamos a La Rosaleda uh, Richard was saying to me I don't know if he said it on the podcast or if he just said it to me in person he said it feels like a Champions League semi-final around here it's he said like you wouldn't think it's too pretty average teams in the mid <clears throat> mid like middle of the segunda table um so yeah if if you you know come to la rosaleda as yes, well as and listen to famosa la rosaleda because i i can't imagine that that the fca judges <laughs> have listened to it because if they would have listened we won't have an we would have won an award definitely uh-uh. because <laughs> it's magnificent it's creme de la creme. Okay. C'est le, c'est le tout de la tout. La bon de la bon. And I really love them. Okay, thank you. Besides, I love this week. I love this week when you got when 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 you got scared about the fireworks. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the this is the problem with them. Um, because I'm a bit sort of I think oh no did I what what did I say last night so so when I'm I don't really edit it I just throw it all together and don't listen back myself so I I still don't really recall what I said I remember the controversial beer talk about Cruz Campo I remember the firework um yeah it, it, yeah it's it's not the most professional thing I and love you it. Do you know what I love most okay probably is in the stadium and outside the stadium when you're at Hermanos Madrid that yeah. the the Fondo Sur singing yeah. behind it on the background that's yeah. just lovely anyway yes let's go listen to that then um, but you know we were enjoyed the pre-match and then obviously we got the team sheet so let's go to that starting 11 um, I'll just read some of the headlines out Roberto was back in um, Brandon back out on the left again and still no place for Antonin in the start and 11 and still on the bench, even though there might have been opportunity for him to start this one with uh, Paulinho being suspended. Uh, Alex, what did you make of the start and 11? I think it was fairly strong starting 11. I definitely think the more I see of Brandon, I think he he works well out on the left. I think he played well, but then also I think if he is going to play up top, he needs the right partner and Seiko, I think is the right partner. So it's good to see he has that versatility. Um, good to see Ramon, you know, getting some more minutes and Kevin playing right. Yeah, Kevin seems to be chopping and changing right to left, but he seems to be, you know, just as capable on either side. You know, Javi Jimenez seems to be getting a run of games. So, yeah, overall, I think happy with the selection. Okay, um, and what about you, Chris? Anything jump out to you, or, or quite quite happy? I thought it was the best eleven possible eleven we could have, and I was pretty much happy about it. Actually, the, the one thing I, I I didn't mention in our little headlines there, though, which um, was surprising, Escassi was on the bench to start with. Um, oh yeah, that so it was, wasn't uh, our best eleven. Um, but I think it was okay to rest some players because Escassi played almost. Every minute of the of the season so far, beside the match, he was um, not allowed to play because of his red card. Hmm. But I think it's good to rest some players at this moment of the season. And yeah, while we're talking about Iskassi here, then obviously he came on the second half, but um, uh, he he came on because and I've forgotten which one of them who who was booked was it Ramon or Gennaro? I can't remember. Gennaro. Gennaro, and he came on for Gennaro, who was yeah. booked. And because have, and he, Javi, was a, he was afraid that he would get a second yellow. But he also took off Javi Jimenez for Brian Kufre because Javi Jimenez had a yellow as well. I thought that yes. was, you know, logic, you know, logistics and stuff. It makes sense. He could get booked and get sent off. But I've not seen a manager well, we, do we that. We don't see too many yellow cards this season. That's that's the main problem okay. we have, or one of the main problems we have. 
So t- I, my question was going to be, do you think he did it purely out of protecting those players and making sure we kept 11 players on the pitch? Or do you De- think... Definitely, because if you... Uh, definitely, Gennaro's one. If you look at his yellow card, it's a foul that you don't need to make. Okay. Or what about the idea you thought, well, partly because of that or partly because we've had two games coming up and maybe he wanted to just give... I don't play as more of a break. I, I don't know. Um, but I just thought it was interesting. Um, let's get straight to it, shall we? Brandon's goal. What a goal, Alex. What a goal. What a goal. I mean, he, he really did wonders out on that left-hand side. And I think he... It's so, I'm so glad that he's, you know, he got a goal. I know it was a penalty against Valladolid. He got another goal against Tagorza. I think it's it's good to see he's, he's finally in the goals and he's definitely playing with confidence and we're, we're seeing what he is definitely capable of and, you know, we're we're seeing the reasons why Manolo Gaspar signed him. Yeah, so just for those that maybe haven't seen it, go and watch it, first of all. But Can, um, we, can we call um, Alex Fitzpatrick or Liam uh, now live <laughs> on the show? Because I don't know if you listened to the Spanish Segunda podcast this week. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't really talk about it, did they? They brushed over it. They said, "Oh, he's got two ge- two goals in two games." Yes, and that's good. and later in the episode, they were talking about the goal of the of the how do you call it the of weekend the, of the, the week. Other, yeah, and they didn't give it to Brendan. So <laughs> they've they've got a Brandon can, can, agenda. Can we ask them? Okay. But yeah, just for those who didn't see his ball from the right, Brandon let the ball cut across him a little bit and then a back heel flick. And it was the only way he could really score from that angle. It was absolutely awesome. And uh, yeah, and I've just, I've only just noticed this. I've not done this on purpose, but I've just noticed on my notes, I've typed the word Brando instead of Brandon. And I'm trying to think of like some sort of godfather comparison now, but uh, he was the godfather very much with with that goal. Um, and yeah, Malaga looked to be in control. Zaragoza not really offering much. They'd had one sort of volley, which Danny Martin made a good save, but Danny Martin did not cover himself in glory towards the end of the half as Zaragoza got an equaliser, which went through his legs at the near post Uh Alex, uh, general thoughts on that Zaragoza equaliser and the effect it had on us? Just disappointed, really. I mean, poor marking. I think it was it paid down at the near post to let him get through. In any situation, I don't care what level you are, if you're letting a ball go through your legs at that side of angle, even going in at that side of angle, no matter if it goes through your legs or if it goes in at the near post, you just shouldn't be letting that happen. And a poor mistake from from Danny Martin and a poor defending. I think, you know, obviously Talagotha took the chance and that was one all. I think from there, Malaga seemed to just go into their shell like they usually do when, when they concede and coming to the second half. Yeah, um, Chris. What, what about you? Uh, any? Are we just laying the blame at Danny Martin for that Zaragoza goal? No, definitely not. Although it wasn't a a very difficult goal to have, but I think I Malaga has to look at their second half, or Jose Alberto has to look at the way they played the second half, and one team. That keeps surprising me that every time we bring in substitutions, our we play worse. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, this... so the fresh legs idea doesn't work with us. Okay, um, this is something I I know you guys did the like Twitter Q and A thing on Saturday night, and I, I spoke to you after the game, and um, I, I you know again <laughs> me being me. Uh, I made my argument of why do we keep taking Kevin off? Um, I'm sure he can cope with 90 minutes or most of 90 minutes. I think he went off on the hour. And then the thing that I hired or Piero, I I just don't know what he does or what he brings. Um, Am I I missing something here, Alex, with him? I, I just thought he was just completely lost our any sort of buzz when he came on. No, I completely agree. I mean, he almost got sent off for the being on the pitch for about ten minutes. So yeah, just I, you could argue, you know, he hasn't had minutes. You know, he's not used to you know playing this season. But when you're a squad player like he is, 
you need to capitalise on those minutes and he, he hasn't done and fouls like that you don't make because you're lacking game minutes you lack because you're just not that good yeah and you're not aware of the, what's going on in the game and you're not very tactically astute. so yeah not not impressed with Jairo so far this season. No, and and Jose Alberto in like I think it was after this game talked about squad players needing to step up, and I thought oh maybe he's talking about Jairo, but then he started talking about Jairo and saying how good he is in training and things like that. So I think Jose Alberto, I don't know, he seemed quite positive about him, so I think he definitely likes him, and obviously so, but he, he, who was he talking about then? Jairo. Yeah, so, but. He said he should have stepped up more. Yeah. But I'd see, I don't know, just the way I might be wrong, but. Some players. No, but he was, I think he was. Yeah, I think he definitely meant Antonin, reading between the lines. Um, I think that was perhaps the main person who's aimed at. But what I'm saying is, he didn't name anyone else, but then he said, Jairo, and he said, he's great in training. And I don't know, just the way he spoke, it sounded like he really likes Jairo and. I, I don't know, maybe. I just don't know why. Um, I'm okay. great in FIFA, but that doesn't make me a good footballer. You can be good in training, but it, I don't care about training. You have to do it on the on the match days. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, guys, this game was, you know, we've had a game between this one now, so I don't think we need to dwell on it as much. Is there any other final points you want to make on it before we do Chumbo and Biznaga? Bisnaga, Brendan for his goal. Nope. Chumbo, Jairo. Okay, that, that's all. straight in there, there, Chris. So, so go on then, um, Alex. We're going straight to Chumbo and Bisnaga then. Okay, Chumbo, I think, I you know, I said this on the live. I'm not going to give it to Jairo because he was a substitute. But I think other than that, I'm going to have to give it to Roberto. I just didn't see much from him. You know, he only played 65 minutes. So, you know, he could have done more in the last 25 minutes if he'd have stayed on. That is an argument. But from the minutes he did play... Yeah, just didn't see anything from him. Wasn't very impressed in general. So, yeah, Roberto is my chumbo. My Bisnaga has to be Brandon. I think he he really did well on that left-hand side, put himself up, uh, put himself in good positions. And, you know, I can't go without mentioning the fantastic goal that he scored. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same as you guys. I'm going to say chumbo for Jairo. Um, If I had to give the Bisnaga, I I would split it in half and share it amongst the the bromance, Brandon and Kevin. But I suppose just for the... Uh, the goal and how good a goal it was um, and just the way he's playing in the last two games, I'll say uh, Brandon for Biznaga as well. So that was Saturday night. Then three days later or four days later, uh, we headed to Huesca away game this time and a few changes to the start in 11. Seco finally starting his first game for Malaga. Uh, let's go straight into him, guys. How did you think Seco did on his first start Alex I was very impressed with him I think he he put himself out there he really you know he was holding the ball up it's his first start so you know he's not going to be at his best but yeah definitely holding the ball up well creating room for Brandon I think they worked really well and they linked up together fantastically so yeah I want to see more of that partnership up front Chris do you agree I agree definitely and I have to correct something go for it because on the uh, Spanish Segunda podcast, I've been messaging Alex. Um, they gave the uh, award, which they normally don't do, but this week they did, to uh, Inigo Vicente. And he lobbed the ball over the keeper just outside of the box. And it's it's a fantastic goal. There you go. So I have to admit that I can understand that they might have not chosen for Brendan's goal. But still, I think they're both beautiful goals and they could also have given it to Brendan as he doesn't score much. But I don't understand it now. Okay. Um, so, I see, yeah, Brandon up, you know, had a more of a strike partner this time. Um, the other thing, the odd thing with the starting, well, I suppose Seco not starting is an odd, but what was odd, uh, Juan Day on the bench, do we know why? Either of you? Uh, being rested. He played every minute of the season so far. Okay. That's not so he, he needed a rest. He's the only player who played everything for Malaga this season. Yeah, I can't imagine he's very happy with that, though. But obviously, our club captain, David Lomban, stepped in. Um, Alex, how, how do you think David Lomban played in this game against Wesker? 
I think first half are fairly poor. I think he there were two chances. One where uh, they snuck through on goal and not sure how they managed to miss, but Escaliche missed, but it passed the post. Um, and yeah, just in general seemed a bit slow to to get to the ball. But in second half, he, he definitely improved. He, he adapted to the pace of it. He had that brilliant header that struck against the post. Um, but yeah, definitely seemed to come into it more in the second half. So in general, I'd say an okay performance given the given the two halves. Okay, and let's go straight into it then. Um, Malaga, especially, was this a much better performance? Do you think than the Zaragoza game, Chris? Definitely, the second half was wow. The first, I would say, the first twenty twenty five minutes. I was scared. Alex was scared as well. We were live on uh, YouTube and we were a bit of we were a bit scared. And I asked Alex, "Would you sign for a draw here?" And he said, "Definitely." And I said, "Yeah, I agree with you." And um, I almost shit my pants like three times when they hit, two times when they hit the bar. Um, but after that, Malaga was great. Malaga was should definitely have should have won. But I think we'll come later to a specific moment in the match. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're, we're getting there. I think it's going to be the main talking point of this podcast. Uh, Alex, what, what do you think Malaga changed in that second half to be so much better? It's difficult. I think, you know, I didn't really see anything like any major changes. I Obviously, you know, they were, they were really going at it in the first half. There was that one instance where... Brandon chased down the goalkeeper and tackled him. So it wasn't like they were going slightly slower in the first half to conserve their energy. They were still giving it their all. I just think maybe, you know, they, they'd they you know, had more chances. You could put it down to maybe Huesca not being as good. But, you know, Huesca, I thought, were, were fairly, you know, they were fairly dominant for some periods of the game where there was that 20-minute period where they, you know, they could have scored like Chris just mentioned. They, you know, I think... In general, it was a better performance. We seemed to have more chances. We seemed to, in the final third, I think we were just putting better passes together and we were, you know, I think we were being more astute with our decisions rather than just, you know, hoping for the best. Yeah, just going back to that Brandon chance when he tackled the goalie and for a split second, he had sort of an open goal ahead of him. Is it just me or have we had like similar opportunities like that about three or four times this season where we've caught the goalie out and then not taking advantage. I'm sure there was another yes. game where Brandon did pretty much the same thing, a bit further out from goal. And Made on this, I believe. Yeah, and then, and then maybe Paulinho or someone followed up and missed. Yeah. And Yeah, it's very frustrating, especially when you just that, see it. That, the, the thing I, I worry about most with this Malaga is that the connection between defence and attack... Uh, that that's a bit missing since the injury of Luis Munoz, who is great in doing that, in taking the ball and bringing it upwards. And that's a bit the thing I'm the thing I'm missing this after his injury. There's yeah. no player that really can do that. I I, I don't know. I think Gennaro and uh, Ramon have been great. They're maybe not quite as dynamic and, you know, all action as Luis Munoz. But I thought Ramon was particularly good against Zaragoza and was, I think he had one or two really bad passes and I thought, oh dear. And then, but it, he just... I, I think some... you were too drunk against Zaragoza. Yeah? Yeah. He didn't play that well. Okay. He played okay, but... I must have had my Ramon glasses on. Not Nothing outstanding, in, in my opinion. What do you think, Alex? I think I'm more leaning towards your, your side of this one, Chris. I wasn't... Yeah, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say he had a, an awful game. I wouldn't no. say he had a fantastic game, but definitely, I'd say a solid performance considering he's just coming back from an injury. Yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe I saw him make two passes, and I was like, "He's back! He's back!" and just got all excited. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I was speaking of um, someone coming back. Uh, what did you make of Joaquin Munoz in this game against Malaga? Do we miss him? Obviously, he had that long range shot, which did it hit the hit the post or the bar? I can't remember. Yes. That. It's post. Um, do you, Definitely, do you, we miss him. Yeah, we, we said it yesterday. Wow, what would it be great to have him with us in the, in Malaga? But what I remember from him on the last part of last season, he wasn't that great yeah. anymore. He lost a bit of of that sparkle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, I think the thing I miss most about him is he's he's quite 
he's quite naughty, isn't he? He's, he's always got like a bit of a naughty smile on his face. He looks like he's always going to cause some and sort of trouble. I, I missed that spark with the second half as well with him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but yes, Malaga did, as you both have said, battled on the second half and very much began to dominate and were creating lots of chances. And then we get to the 88th minute and we do get the ball in the back of the net and it all looks good. And then we go to VAR and after a very lengthy delay, the goal is disallowed. Uh, I, I don't know, we are a Malaga podcast, so I'll just say it now, it should never have been disallowed. Um, Alex, talk, talk to me about this goal. Um, you, you are usually quite logical and can see, you know, take away bias with things like this. Um should have been a goal, yes? It's oh, difficult to say. Alex. I can't say yes or no. Because I, me and Chris were saying this, Payburn definitely wasn't involved with the with the goal. Um, so you can't say he was definitely not involved with the play, so you can't give him offside. But we didn't see the correct angle to determine whether Canada was onside or offside. I think that was the, the thing. I think that was the sort of reason where I was doubting it and... You know, I, I just, it's difficult to say. I definitely think if it was down to them giving Payburn offside for being involved with the goal, I think it should have been a goal. But I think more so looking at Hernando, it was difficult to tell whether he could have been offside or not. Okay, Chris. Well, do you know that song of the um, of the Outwear Brothers? Uh, I, I know one Outwear Brothers song. I don't know this one. Do you know it? This is what the rest of. Oh wow! Yeah. Alright, Chris, stop it! We have to beep. It's going to take me ages to edit this now. <laughs> that's, that's what the rest of when he uh, in the eighty-eighth minute. Okay. Um, yeah, for those for when I do go back and beep out those words. Um, yeah, you just Google the outway brothers. I'm sure it sounds like a lot of. A lot of their back catalogue I've heard before. Um, uh, yeah, but um, nice to have an Outwear Brothers mention. That's very 90s. Yes. Um, and don't forget, Tango Boys are awesome. Um, ridiculous. Very ridiculous. It's it's the same as the Mbappe goal. Yes. Didn't we learn from the Mbappe goal? Yeah, that's exactly shouldn't, what I should, Shouldn't the ref know what happened there? He didn't even go and look himself. That's the strange thing. That's what I dislike. A ref who is too fond of himself, of himself to refuse to go and watch the moment himself. Because it wasn't offside. Manolo Gaspar doesn't understand it. Victor Sanchez de Lamo, our previous coach, tweeted about it. How that goal was. How. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just, I just don't understand it. No, me neither. Because then I, I, it was funny because when, um, when they were watching it, and I saw it hit the Zaragov, I'm um, not Zaragov, the Huesca player played it forward. I thought, thank God for that France v Spain goal now, because at least some good will come of it. And that ref, you know, or the referee or the VAR team, I guess the VAR team in this case would go, oh yeah, remember that goal from was it two weeks ago? Of course, yeah, it has to be given. And but why know. do we have VAR? I why? Don't. I hate it. <laughs> we, have, we, we have it to not have these mistakes. And then these mistakes continuously happen. So why do we have it? Well, this is it. I don't it? understand it. If it's either a mistake or the rule is not clear enough there, is it? Like if... if yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I was hoping we, we'd got a bit of the way into the season now and we haven't had to have any VAR talk after we had to do it quite a lot on this podcast last year. Um, yeah, it was I just crazy. Absolutely crazy. But there you go. That's We, we, we can talk about it for hours. And You know what the best thing you, there, there is you can do? Send the VAR to the bar and have a good night. There you go. That's a nice, nice sentiment to finish on, Chris. Right. So let's do. Uh, is there anything else anyone wants to add on that Malaga performance overall? Or great performance, great team. I love Malaga. 
<laughs> there you go. Uh, Alex, anything else you want to add? Or Fantastic performance. Um, no, I think just in general, I think they were so much better in the second half. We've seen, you know, the second half has definitely been a problem for Malaga so far this season. So just happy to see that we can carry on playing into the latter stages because, you know, it's 90 minutes, not 45. Did, did it surprise you guys that Jose Alberto didn't want to make any substitutions because mm-hmm. he did it at the end of the match almost? Yeah, I believe Cairo was the first one entering in the 80th minute or so. Yeah, I think because we were playing well, I think he probably wanted to stick it, you know, stick it as is, you know, keep the momentum going. But you know, I can understand him not wanting to make changes. Isn't it coming from the thing I said? Like when he makes changes, the team plays even worse because that's what almost every week happens. Possibly. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, let, let's go into Chumbo and Biznaka then. Um, so our second one of this week. Uh, who are we giving Chumbo to, Alex? It's the difficult one. Although he did definitely come into the game in the second half, I'm going to have to give it to Genaro. I just think in general he didn't really didn't really offer much in that midfield. Chris talked about there being a lack of link between the defence and the attack. And, you know, he was one of those main reasons he... The amount of wayward passes, I remember the amount of times he gave the ball away. You know, he was dispossessed. I just think he was generally, he was second best in most one-on-one challenges in that midfield. So, yeah, Genaro is my chumbo for this game. Yeah, he was going to be mine as well for the reason you said. It was, I seem to remember quite a lot of misplaced passes more than anything. Although, I did, like you said, I didn't think he was awful and he did seem to get better as the game went on. Uh, Chris, no. anyone different? I'm sending Genaro to the bar with the four. Okay. Okay. There you go. So we'll see you all at the bar. But before we go to the bar, let's let's uh, give our biznagas. Uh, Alex Biznaga. Uh, there's a few few options here. I think you know the Danny Martin. I think did well. Uh, I think Paulino shows you know good signs in that game. I think he's you know a key player for Malaga. We we noticed that after his ban was served against Talagotha. I think Kevin did well. Um, I thought the whole defence. Generally, apart from Lomban in the first half, was good. I thought Victor Gomez really pushed well on that. I think both left backs, sorry, both full backs were fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, it's difficult. But I think if I was going to pick one, I'm going to go with Victor Gomez. I think he really put himself out there on that right hand side, put in some good crosses, and, you know, he worked his socks off the whole game. So, yeah, Victor Gomez. See, uh, I, I'd probably pick him too. I was debating whether to give it to Kevin again, and I start thinking, am I, am I just. So I just love this guy too much. So I always try to have an alternative. And yeah, I think probably Victor Gomez just about edged it as well. Um, anyone different, Chris? Definitely. I'm going for Kevin because you're not. Okay, good. You, um, you, you might so have convinced he me. Gets one, he gets one. <laughs> um, but also because I'm wondering if that guy still has ankles left on his body. <laughs> yes. I think he was so good that the only way to stop him was by making horrible fouls against him. Yeah. Well, if I'm being honest, if I had to give an overall biznaga for the two games, I think Kevin was the one that played the best overall over the two of them. I thought he was brilliant in both games. Defensively as well, his work rate again, I know I keep saying it, but he just does not stop. Um, he's great. <laughs> as I've probably made clear. Um, so yeah there you go there's those two games out of the way uh, we've just got the one game this week so that's nice to go back to normal and that is against Lugo so let's go and talk about that game at La Rosaleda against Lugo with Carlos <laughs> So, for the second weekend running, Malaga will play at home at 8.30 this coming Saturday with our visitors this weekend being Lugo. We are delighted that we've actually found a Lugo fan this season because all the other the two other seasons we've done this podcast, we couldn't find one and we've got one and I'm delighted to be joined by Carlos who is joining us from Lugo. How are you doing, Carlos? Hi, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Yeah, great. And you've got uh, pre-match excitement because you are actually going to watch Lugo play in about an hour or so, yes? 
yeah, against uh, Las Palmas uh, here in Ancho Carro. And I really think that uh, it's possible for us to get the three points, uh, despite the fact that the Las Palmas, we all know that is a good team. But we're doing well at the moment, so no problem at all. Yeah, they, they, they're going to be um, still excited because they won their um, derby on the weekend, didn't they? So, But I, I think, if I remember rightly, Las Palmas haven't won away from home. So you might you might be in for a good evening there, Carlos. And speaking of which, like uh, something I just want to ask you, really, because... I've lived in Spain two and a half years now, and I've learned about these places. But I'll be honest with you, when I went to watch Malaga v Lugo um, a few years ago, I was thinking, I don't have any idea where Lugo is or what it's like. So do, do, you, want, do you want to tell us a little bit about Lugo? Do you want to sell uh, the city to us? It's not a problem because sadly uh, it happens the same with uh, a lot of Spaniards. We live here in the corner of Spain, exactly in the... Uh, north uh, western part of Spain. It's a city uh, around 100,000 people and population, and uh, it's very close to La Coruña, Santiago, that maybe uh, you can hear yeah. about. And Lugo is a small town for everything, and uh, it's a small team. Uh, maybe we don't have a lot of uh, fans uh, behind the team, and it's a, a, a pleasure to have a, a, a team playing in second division. And I mean, it's the kind of thing who is sneaky, playing in second division, nobody cares, but suddenly maybe he can beat uh, some of the best teams uh, in the league. So uh, I really think that uh, what happens to you, it's very usual for a lot of Spaniards. Yeah, and, and Alex, um, he's going to be living in Santiago um, from January onwards. Are, are you going to pay a visit to Lugo, Alex? I definitely will. I've seen Lugo play away at Alcorcón once, so I'd love to go and watch a game at the Ancho Caro. And yeah, it's very close to where I'll be living in Santiago. There you go. Um, and it, I guess, Carlos, this might be an obvious question then, because usually on this podcast we have, um, I suppose, mainly British people on who have fallen yeah. in love with a Spanish football team. But I'm guessing you support Lugo because you're from Lugo? Yeah, of course. Uh, this is my hometown. And uh, I, I fall in love with the team since I was a child, uh, more or less a teenager. And we were playing second, div second V division, even third division. And it's, I mean, it's a kind of pride. And <laughs> um, you really look forward to, to seeing your hometown team and to go every Sunday to, to, to watch uh, interesting games, no matter what the division is playing. And I mean, it's the normal thing for a local guy who supports uh, his local team. It's, it's great. How it should be. Exactly, yeah. It's great to hear. Anima to el equipo de tu ciudad. Exactly. I don't mind Barcelona. I don't mind Madrid. I don't mind Atletico Madrid. I don't barely watch any Champions League, except the finals or semifinals. I only care about second division and my home team. So uh, this is what I care. Great to hear. And, and what is... Of obviously you've supported Lugo quite a while then. What what has been the highlight of those years following Lugo? Obviously the 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 day that we could get the promotion in Cardiff uh, from sec, second V division. Um, I mean nobody uh, paid a a pound uh, for Lugo to to be in the second division, uh, and it was it had it, it it was like ten years ago uh, if I don't remember. But uh, it was the 24th of June, 2012, and it was a kind of thriller game. Uh, in the first leg here in Lugo, we won 3-1, and uh, we were traveling there very happy because we, we really thought that the, 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 the eliminatory was done, and we went through uh, penalties and overtime, and luckily we managed to, to, to promote to second division, and 10 years later, we are still here. Yeah, which I suppose leads on to the next question I was going to ask you. Um, as you've alluded to, um, you know, I don't want to be belittling, but Lugo are perhaps not one of the bigger teams in Segunda, but they have been in the league 10 years now. Um, does that surprise you or has this been a long-term plan which is now working well? <laughs> no, unluckily and unfortunately, uh, here the future is tomorrow. Hmm. Uh, we have an owner who is a local guy who, um, honestly, uh, he doesn't make the right decisions. 
Uh, he's well known around Spain for sacking uh, coaches, as I'm sure that you know. <laughs> we are the kind of team who who has who have uh, three coaches uh, per season, and this is kind of crazy. And honestly, and I'm sure that a lot of players uh, don't want to play here because it's a small team with a low budget and with a president owner who uh, don't think who doesn't think uh, about long term. So yes, it's a surprise. Uh, take into account the two miracles we had uh, the two last seasons, um, uh, being able to to stay in the division uh, last year with uh, a, a good strike of uh, five uh, wins in a row. I mean, it's against all the odds. Um, yes, it's a surprise, and we have to leave the the moment. Uh, maybe we don't know what's going on uh, next month or next season. Okay, today we have a good game. Let's enjoy it and we'll see what's going on in the mid or long term. Okay, um, and then while we're talking about your team for tomorrow, then let, let's let's talk about this season. Um, how, how's it gone so far this season for you? Because looking at the league table um, at the moment, this might change tonight. I don't know. You are 14th in the league two points behind our beloved Malaga and seem to have very similar sort of statistics to us in regards of goals scored and goals conceded. So I'm guessing your season's going quite similar to ours. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been very positive. Uh, I do think that uh, we are in a different page compared with Malaga. Uh, yeah, I know that you Malaga guys uh, are struggling with the money and with the <laughs> judges and the... The people who are in charge of the team, but at the end, you have a very good youth team, a lot of prospects, very young players, talented players, and a lot of guys who played a lot of games in the division, even in first division, who are playing for Malaga because obviously it's more attractive to play in Malaga uh, for a team like Malaga rather than small teams like Lugo. Yes, maybe we are in the same place in the in the uh, overall standings, but. At the end, Malaga has a, a very uh, good team. And honestly, uh, we are doing well. We are doing pretty well. We are the third uh, team in cup in, in the below part of the of the standings. Uh, two uh, wins, eight, def- eight draws, sorry. Only two defeats. I mean, we are a team very difficult to beat. And this is highlightable. I mean... This is what, it, what we have to admire. Uh, all the teams are saying that it's very uncomfortable to play against Lugo because maybe we don't have the quality of players, the talented uh, players uh, like other teams, but we are pressing all the game. Um, we are fighting all the game and it's very difficult to beat us. So at the end of the day, we are doing pretty well. Mm, maybe if we uh, couldn't uh, make uh, some gross mistakes in the defensive line, we could have uh, like two more wins, three more, three or four more points. Uh, but I suppose that uh, all the teams could say the same. So, yeah, it's very positive. We really are happy with the coach, Ruben Alves. Uh, he's the kind of guy who speaks very well, who tries to uh, encourage the people who has the team all involved in in the games. And we are really happy and we're doing well. And also, I know on the Spanish Segunda show, I don't know if you listen to that, they like to talk about his dress sense as well, that he, he's a very well-dressed manager. So he's a good guy to have on the touchline for many reasons. And yeah, there seems to be, I don't know, just looking at your stats and stuff, that a bit like Malaga, it's, it's finding... Um, a goal scorer, really, um, to get turn some of those draws into wins, which is similar to us. And I think you've probably answered my next question a little bit in regards of what sort of team are Malaga going to come up against in regards of style. You, you've just answered saying we were quite a tough team then. Yeah, a lot of direct direct plays, a lot of... Um, we don't really use the, the midfield to create in attack, but... At the same time, if we can manage to recover the ball uh, from behind, we go very straight to the other goal. So 
we play a lot with Manu Barreiro, who is the striker, usually the starting striker. He's very tall. We used to play the ball towards him, uh, trying to get the second game. And, of course, the best player of the team and one of the best in the league is Gerard Valentin in the right wing. He's very fast. He's very talented. He always wants to um, challenge uh, his um, his winger, his defensive winger. And uh, you will see next Sunday, next Saturday, he's one of the best. And we are very, very worried. And we complain a lot. He receives a lot of uh, kicks, tackles, uh, catches. Uh, he is done everything. And I mean, we are not pretty to watch. I'm honest. Uh, hmm. I don't think you guys uh, like a lot the way we play. But this is what we have, and this is what it is. Uh, Alex, from what Carlos has just said there, that uh, Lugo are quite a direct team. Do you think that's the sort of team we, we struggle against this season? I'd, I think most of our weaknesses, and I've said it a few times before, come from the flanks. And I think, you know, defending is not, you know, it's not our strong suit. I think we're, we're you know, not, not the best team in terms of quality of marking, positioning and defence. So, who knows if they if they get the right balls up there? I'm sure our defence will find a way to struggle against some some quality strikers. So yeah, I'm not. I don't think it's the style of play that we would struggle the most against. But I'm sure, you know, given our track record, I'm sure we'd find a way to struggle against it. What, what about you, Chris? How do you feel about this game against Lugo? Um, having listened to what Carlos has said about them so far, well, it's a it's a team with a lot of. Um with a lot of experience because the average uh, age is pretty high. It's around 28 years old, which is, I believe, pretty high mm-hmm. for a team. Um, but it's it's always, di- always difficult to play against Lugo. Um, I wanted to ask, how is Xavi Torres doing? Uh, he's doing well. I mean... A guy who played uh, around 150 uh, games in first division, you can say he is not good. And you know that we are struggling with injuries. We have kind of uh, eight or nine guys out of the games. And uh, theoretically, he is a midfielder, a defensive midfielder. But since last year, he's playing as a centre-back. And a part of being a centre-back, he's kind of the leader in the game, in the, in the pitch. So we are really happy with uh, Xavi Torres. He's a uh, kind of luxury we, we have in the team. And uh, he's the leader. All the teams uh, want to have uh, a guy like him. So, yeah, I'm very positive with him. And uh, I'm really happy having him in, in our team. He used to play for Malaga 10 years ago or 11 yeah. years ago. He played, I believe, 10 or 11 matches, something so. And I thought... Well, he's a, he's a good player for Lugo. He wasn't a good player for Malaga at the time because Malaga was in Primera División and he was still young, so it wasn't the right time. But I definitely think he's an, he can be import, import, an important player in Segunda División. Yeah, sure, definitely. And uh, I can make the opposite uh, question. How is uh, Mathieu Pivers doing in Malaga? I love him. Yeah, he's I fine. think <laughs> he's... <laughs> wow. Uh, for me, he's one of the best central defenders in the in the competition. By far, I agree. By far, <clears throat> totally. I mean, uh, here in Lugo, we had him uh, two years ago, and he was one of the main characters of the team. I mean, he's uh, a superb defender, and apart from that, he's a leader in the team, in the pitch. So, uh, Mathieu Pivers, I'm sure that uh, he's having a great time in Malaga. <laughs> I'm sure that he's having a great time uh, with your good weather down there. <laughs> <laughs> what is it time to talk about the kids? About Sorry? the Lugo shirt. Oh, what do right. we think of the Lugo shirt, guys? Well, ah, the shirt. <laughs> um, because he... I, I have a thing. I, I love the Lugo shirts, but there's a reason. Why? Because Estrella Galicia is on the on the shirt, <laughs> and I love Estrella Galicia. But it's the zero yeah. percent one, isn't it, on the shirt? Oh. Uh, you're a smart guy. I mean, <laughs> Estrella Galicia is all around the country even all around Europe, and uh, we have a pretty decent shirt. I agree with you. But, but I prefer the beer rather than the shirt. <laughs> um, as I, act- I, as I actually, um, I don't know if you remember, guys, last season, I almost bought a pair of Lugo shorts 
because yes, you did. I, I really liked the cap, the blue Kappa shorts with the Kappa badge on it. And yeah, I did think I was actually going to buy a pair for some reason, but uh, they were something like 30 euros. And I thought, I really do want to spend 30 euros on a pair Matt, yeah. of shorts. Matt, for a t- you, go on. You always have a, have a fun fact about the city. Do you have one about Lugo? Um, no, yeah. I was sort of saving it for when we went there. I, I oh. thought, I, unless uh, maybe Carlos can give us one before he goes. I recommend you. I recommend you to take a look at the end of this season because I was said that the the brand, the sport brand, the sporting brand is going to change. And um, for sure, in late June, everything is going to be fifty uh, percent sales. So uh, take a look, and maybe for uh, fifteen euros, you can get it. Oh, perfect! Oh, nice. I'll I'll, well, Alex will be living up in that part of Spain then, so maybe he can go along and pick up a pair of shorts for me. Um, just going away from Lugo for a minute or two, uh, Alex, um, what, after having, this, having watched us play two games this week, is there any significant changes you'd make for Malaga this week or this coming weekend? I think going from the Saragossa game, I would have said yes, I think make a few changes. Obviously, Jose Alberto did when it came to the Huesca game, but... I actually think, I said this to Chris, barring the result, I actually think it was the best performance we've had all season. And, you know, we kept up the consistency for the whole game. We didn't lack, we were, you know, we weren't struggling in the second half like we have done recently. So, you know, I, I, I think I'd keep it the same. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd even keep Lomban in there. I think after getting okay. adjusted to the game, I thought he did well. Uh, he had that one chance as a header. Um, you know, I thought the midfield was good, even though Genaro started off slowly. I thought he came into it. And personally, I'd keep it the same. And I really do like the partnership up top as well of uh, Brandon and Seiko. OK, the, the one I the only one I would perhaps have considered more is I I, I, I do quite like Roberto a lot. I think alternating between him and Seku, I think I'd rather see Roberto. But then I suppose from what Carlos has just told us about Lugo are a pretty tough team. Maybe Seku might be more more better equipped to deal with them. What about you, Chris? Is there anything you would like to see changed? Or are you happy to go with the Huesca lineup that we played last night? In contrary then, Alex, I would put in Juan de back in on the pitch because Lomban is okay but definitely not one day um, and I would send Kevin on the pitch with protection on his ankles okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, and then just finally to start wrapping things up then Carlos who I think you might have answered this already Who who is it that Malaga should be keeping an eye out for I'm guessing it's Valentina yeah Gerard Valentin is by far the best player of the team and uh, he's consistently uh, doing well and he wants the ball. He wants to challenge uh, his opponent. And uh, Lugo is used to uh, send the ball to his uh, right wing and let's see what happens next. Um, in, in, other, in other terms, um, Manu Barreiro maybe is a key player, but he's not, he's not that good. He's important because of the kind of game uh, Lugo is playing. Obviously, he's the kind of uh, striker who is very tall, uh, maybe not so talented, but he's uh, so important. And in the negative uh, way, in the negative side, um, we have a problem with the goalkeeper. Um, uh, last year, last two years, we had uh, Ander Cantero, who is playing for Eibar, and he's uh, one of the best uh, goalkeepers in the league. And this year we we hired um, uh, Oscar Wally, who is on average normal uh, goalie. Uh, he's injured uh, with a problem in his hand, and uh, 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 um, Fran Vietes is playing. Has been playing the last four games, and he's very very young. He's 20 years old. He comes from uh, Celta de Vigo youth team. And he's doing gross mistakes. Uh, three mistakes, three goals, uh, lost points. I mean, this is not the, the right thing. And you'll see, hopefully, he's out of trouble and uh, we can get some something positive for, from um, La Rosaleda. But we have a very big uh, problem in the, in the, with the goalkeeper. And we're, we're delighted to hear that. <laughs> can I say one more thing? My favourite wine is from Galicia. Oh, there you go. 
I, I would say I would say a la, one last thing because I was thinking about what could be the the links between Malaga and Lugo. Uh, second uh, coach uh, Paulo Alvarez. Uh, he's from Lugo. Oh, he's right, a right. Lugo legend. He has played like 300 games in uh, first division. Uh, for uh, San Rafi Santander, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mallorca, Deportivo de La Coruña, and he played when he was in at the end of uh, his career for Lugo again because. And also New York City. I think I saw him play for New York City, if I remember rightly. Yeah, when you're right. I, I saw them play when I lived in Manchester. I saw New York City's first ever game because they played yeah. at Man City's little stadium, and he played in that. <laughs> I mean, he's a Lugo legend. He's uh, he was born in Lugo. He was uh, forming uh, Lugo youth clubs, youth team. Sorry, and uh, I hope he is doing well because uh, I have the the honor of uh, knowing him, and he's a really good guy. Excellent stuff. Well. Obviously, Carlos, I do not want you to miss kickoff, so I'm going to let you go in a minute. But I'm just going to ask before you go, um, what what. What do you do for a Lugo match day? What What are you going to do this evening pre-match or are you are just going to go straight to the ground? Straight to the grounds because uh, we have a, a parking problem here. <laughs> <laughs> It's very difficult to leave your car and uh, just to arrive like 20, 25 minutes uh, before time, before kickoff and uh, talk with friends. I mean, you can do a lot because uh, the, the stadium is uh, in the suburbs of the city There aren't any cafeterias, uh, coffee shops or something to have a drink. And uh, you can do that much uh, mm. uh, down there. So I will take my car. I will drive very quickly. I will try to park as soon as possible <laughs> and just uh, hang out with friends and uh, talk about good. the game. Well, for tonight, Carlos, I'm going to say good luck. Um, I'm not yeah, going to wish you good you. luck for the weekend. <laughs> But, uh, you know... I um, hope you have a good season and hopefully we can speak to you later in the season. And who knows, maybe Ali, maybe even make a trip to Lugo by then and try and go to the away game. That would be great. So a What, big thank you. Whatever it works, whatever you want, it works. And uh, it was a pleasure uh, meeting you and uh, staying in your uh, podcast and talking about my passion, which is uh, Lugo and football and soccer and uh, second division. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Carlos. And, and that is it for this week's podcast. Um, a big thank you also to my co-host, Alex Ashmore. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yes, and I know you enjoyed Yeovil's penalty win last night. So um, it's been a, well, a mixed week for you with Malaga results, but hopefully we can celebrate another Yeovil win this weekend and a Malaga win. And a big thank you to Chris Marquez as well. Vamos Lugo tonight. Yes, va vamos Lugo, <laughs> vamos Lugo tonight. Um, okay. And thank you for listening, guys, and subscribing and doing all that. If you haven't subscribed to us, please do. I've been Matt Harrison. You've been listening to the Giri Cast on Sport Direct Radio. Adios and vamos Malaga. <laughs>